0: I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. As an MBA graduate from the Wharton School, JJ Caffey is an entrepreneur who focuses on what she calls the future of work. As founder and CEO of Order In, a digital platform for the leaders of remote work, JJ focuses on using community, connectedness, and efficiency in order to revolutionize the American work culture. And in doing so, build better work days for leaders and their team members alike. She is also the founder and former director of Valkyrie Collective, a mastermind network of entrepreneurial women. And finally, as if that was not enough, JJ is also the co-founder of Venture Foragers, a venture capital research firm that enables students to explore frontier tech sectors. We'll have to learn a little bit more about that. JJ is also a former lead investor of the Penn Wharton Innovation Fund and a former member of the First Round Capital and Boost Venture Capital Groups. Hello, JJ.
1: Hi, Ed. Thank you so much for having me and for the kind introduction.
0: Well, you are one busy person.
1: <laughs> I think we all are these days.
0: I think so. So I think our listeners would be interested to know what a, what compromise, uh, what is comprised of a frontier tech sector.
1: Absolutely. So that really just refers to the new technologies or the new innovation topics that are a little bit more out there, I would say, the things that are really kind of, you know, we're not sure how this is going to play out yet, it, it feels a little weird, but that we think there might be great opportunity if they work out, versus I would say more established technologies. So for example, um, when I worked with Boost VC, I focused on um, space tech, so like outer space tech, and not even the things that maybe are better established right now, like satellites and satellite networks, but things that we think are in the, the further future. So So at uh, at Venture Foragers, we try to support student teams in delving into these, you know, further future possibilities, these really kind of sci-fi areas um, to see where opportunities might exist for entrepreneurs.
0: Wow, that sounds fantastic, exciting, and uh, unexplainable, right, (laughs) (laughs) what type of technologies you might be working on.
1: Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun.
0: That's great. And when you look at the work you do at Order In, I think I'm curious to know if part of building a better workday for leaders and their team members, you know, could include this concept of bravery. So is, is you know, tell us first what building a better workday looks like, what activities or concepts does that include?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's a very closely connected idea, especially in this moment where there's so much uncertainty of how to transition, not just transition to remote work, but do it well. And you know, how do we tackle all of the issues people are facing working from home at the moment? There are so many opportunities, I think, for leaders especially to be brave and to take responsibility for for their teams and their work and this transition. So at Order In, when we talk about building a better workday, there are two big problems that we feel most information workers, you know, people like you and I who sit in front of laptops all day in particular, and professionals are facing. The first one is the way that the workday is structured. And this was really the issue that drove me to found Orderin. Um, First and foremost, Orderin is a community and we're trying to, you know, support our members. And where we feel like people need, need the support is everyone kind of deals with burnout, with work-life balance issues, you know, with productivity questions of how just should the workday be structured? Because the way we were all working before where you just go and you sit in an office all day um, and then you may or may not be very effective while you're sitting there in front of your screen and then you leave. I mean, we have a lot of data to show that it's not the ideal way for people to work. So that that structure and that productivity side is one half of what we do. The other is focused on the issue of, of isolation, them. Um, for anyone who does feel lonely right now, uh, working from home or isolated or disconnected, you know, you're actually in the majority if you feel that way. We have seen that even before COVID, more than half of Americans feel that they don't have meaningful in-person social contact every day. And that's, of course, gotten even worse during the pandemic. So we think there's such an incredible importance in building community around people and building a, a purposeful, deliberate, you know, systematic support structure that we think that everyone needs.
0: And I think when people hear about working from home versus working in an office, I think mm. research has been done, and I'm not a statistician on this topic, but so don't quote me, but I think research has been done that there are people who feel if they, on a recurring basis, not all week, but Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever, work from home, they actually feel more productive because Absolutely. they're interrupted less, there's less this, there's less that.
1: Yeah, is no. You,
0: is that what you hear from your community and oh, what sure. you find in Your work?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So um, occasionally, this question gets asked as a binary in some of these surveys, like, do you want to return to the office or do you want to work from home? And I think framing it as that binary is asking the wrong question because. Most people, if, if asked, you know, do you want to never have flexibility again? They're not gonna be eager to choose that option. But what we're finding, about two thirds of people would like to have some mix of working from the office and working from home. There, there are definitely pros and cons in each. And something that's interesting is where some individuals may feel more productive um, when they're working from home. When you survey managers, there was this great Cisco survey that came out recently. Um, two-thirds or more, you know, it, it lands at 66% on some questions, 74% on others of managers are saying they see productivity issues across the organization, that while people may do better focused work when they're not being interrupted in the workplace, um, their ability to collaborate with one another effectively does suffer. And so that can bring down, you know, organizational achievement across a team. Something else, of course, is I think it's important to keep in mind is that not everyone's work from home situation looks the same. And so something people are trying to do their work cross-legged on their couch, you know, that they're sharing with their roommate. Other people have kids at home um, who may or may not be going back to school and so even have more interruptions at home. So I think it's very, it's very individual and it depends on the person.
0: Another area I think about, uh, you know, as a new observer to this topic is the potential competition between what I would call real estate and relationships. So on one hand, a company might say, you know, we can save millions of dollars a year by not renting space downtown and let people work from home as long as we can create a collective environment. And yet others would say, well, if we're not working together and we never see each other, we're losing the relationships that are so important to the culture because so many cultures are based on a collaborative kind of unified view. And, you know, I'm not looking for a uh, observation from you on that, but just an observation from me that... It feels like a unique or new challenge for organizations to figure out, do we incur a huge real estate expense in order to maintain relationships and collaboration? Or do we forego it because that's so attractive and look for ways to collaborate and keep people connected who are working virtually?
1: No, absolutely. It's a huge question.
0: Hopefully somebody out there has an answer. (laughs)
1: Well, we'll be publishing something on that topic soon, actually. So I hope that, um, you know, on the order in blog, if people are interested in that, we're looking at what these big companies who have who have created these enormously expensive campuses in my region in San Francisco, you -hmm. know, what are they going to be thinking about doing with those in the future? So it's on our minds.
0: All right, fantastic. We'll keep an eye out for that article. JJ, when you think about bravery in the workplace, what words or phrases come to mind for you?
1: So, Ed, I've enjoyed your podcast in the past. So, I've definitely given this some thought. And I think for me, it's really, it comes down to three things. I think the first is purpose, um, the second is integrity, and the third is perseverance um and i'm happy to talk a bit more about about why or i'm not sure if you wanted to just hear the words
0: <laughs> no no we would love to hear a little bit more Absolutely. about why you're thinking what you're thinking
1: yeah sure so i think the first connection i made with bravery really is with purpose because when you're going to be dra- be brave or show courage and do something difficult i think we all need that motivation for why we're taking that risk or pushing ourselves to do something frightening and i i really i've found in my own life that i've been most effective and i have had a fairly A fairly risk-taking career, you know, being um, a founder of multiple communities and I've left, you know, well-paying jobs to strike out on my own or take a bet on someone else's company that I thought was doing really well and connecting to my own purpose of what I wanted to achieve, what are the things that I genuinely care about um, that, that I can serve by maybe taking more of a risk and pushing through that feeling of fear. I think with the second one with integrity, the other place that I most admire when I see courage and and bravery in others is when people speak up for what they believe in and, and when they, you know, say, hey, I don't think this is right in a situation where they feel, you know, that what's happening is, is not aligned with their own values or the way that people ought to be treated. And so I think that that's a core, a core piece of how I feel about bravery. I think that a completely self-centered bravery of just trying to to take a risk because you're hoping it's going to pay off for yourself. Maybe that's a stock investment or going to Las Vegas or just you know jumping off of a building while skydiving for fun or whatever it might be doesn't paint a full picture of what bravery means for me that has to connect back to really integrity and values. And then finally, um, this is something that I've experienced so much as an entrepreneur, perseverance. I think that bravery and courage in the moment, um, choosing to do one distinct, brief, risky thing it's a lot easier than choosing day after day over and over again to stick to a more, you know, risky path and to continue to confront something that's difficult on a daily basis, but stick to it anyway.
0: Well, I love those words. And just for our listeners, just to repeat them again, the three words that you think of most often when you think about bravery at work are purpose, integrity, and perseverance. We spoke with a author and former military leader Shannon Poulson just the other day, and she's written a book called The Grit Factor. Mm-hmm. And, and in that she talks about her fantastic career. She was one of the first females to fly an Apache heli- uh, helicopter. Mm-hmm. And you know we talked about this aspect of bravery, and I think it overlaps with grit and perseverance, right? This grit is key- such a
1: fantastic word too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, even in itself, it's a great word, right? Grit, right? It sounds, mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like what it's attempting to describe, but it's this ability to stick with it, right? On a recurring basis, even if it's hard.
1: And that's what I see in the entrepreneurs who I most admire and you know, aspire to personally. It's, it's not always the folks who have that overnight success, but the people who really believe in what they're doing, even when it's an uphill battle sometimes and, and can, can stick to it. Absolutely.
0: And I think one of the fundamental things that need to exist for almost any event of bravery has to be purpose, right? That you have to be present with who you are and what you're doing or what you're saying, very focused in respect to the outcomes you're looking to achieve, which are, should be always positive and helpful. But you know, if you're not present or you don't have a purpose to what you're doing, your likelihood of success is diminished significantly.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: How about a story, JJ? If uh, you were to share a story with our listeners on something either you've done or didn't do that included amongst many emotions, bravery, do you have a story to tell?
1: I do. I do. Um, this is one that's more top of mind for me because it's it's a bit recent and, you know, impacts everything I'm doing right now at the moment, which is that. So the Order in Club, um, the company I'm running, is a virtual community. Um, for you know the top remote workers and leaders for remote teams, but it was not always intended to start as a virtual community. So um, some of the best is-
0: ideas are different than how they originally started. So uh.
1: <laughs> exactly, we had to we had to make that pivot, and it was you know it was due to COVID nineteen that things really changed for us. So I remember the day that that we made that pivot. I was in San Francisco, which I I now live in SF. We moved here this past weekend. Actually, I'm surrounded by my moving boxes right now. But we were in San Francisco in an Airbnb in um, very early March and looking to rent an apartment and potentially be moving here in part so that I could launch my business, which was originally intended to be in person. So in our, our sort of pandemic world now, you can imagine you know how how different that would have been that we were planning to gather people together as a community with a clubhouse in big old crowds on buses together in rooms together all these things that feel so out of reach right now and we were you know moving to san francisco to try to make that dream come true and looking for places to launch that physical in person business and we were still Planning to serve these kind of two same problems, it's, you know, the, the lack of structure, the lack of knowing how to set up your work day and have accountability and when you should do your focus work, when you should take your meetings, that sort of, you know, day-to-day work-life assistance, along with a sense of community and and support and making honestly genuine new friends. And when I built the solution for those two problems, it was envisioned as an in-person solution. Um, And we were always planning to launch digital maybe a year later. I was hoping that would be my 2021 expansion would be to take the lessons we learned from our in-person club and community and take it online and expand it out to a wider audience of people. So, so we were in this apartment, you know, when the the order kind of came through for San Francisco going into shelter in place, and things had already been moving pretty quickly in terms of, you know, how how the pandemic was affecting what people were and weren't able to do safely. Um, I was already concerned about this, but we got that shelter in place order. I was blindsided by this a little bit. Um, looking back now, it's hard to even put myself in in those shoes again and say, like, oh, of course you can't gather people in large groups. But we saw this that, okay, starting at midnight. You know, you're only allowed outside for essential activities. So we had this crazy day. We didn't live here. Uh, we lived in Philadelphia. We had this crazy day where we were packing up this Airbnb that we had just unpacked. We were planning to be there for a month. We had just gone and gotten groceries in case of something like this. We were. Packing everything up, you know, giving our groceries away and trying to book a flight home to Philadelphia. We ended up taking a red-eye home that night. And in the midst of all of this kind of crazy running around to physically get back to an apartment I could shelter in place in and then lock down in for the next several months, um, I was also trying to figure out what would be the future of the business. And the people on my team and my advisors, you know, were looking to me to say, are we shutting this thing down? You know, is this going to move forward or not? And um, I was frightened. I mean, honestly, I really was. And I wasn't sure... Even though we were planning to expand to virtual further down the line, I wasn't sure how do you solve these two problems without gathering people together in person? How can you solve them with only the tools we have virtually? And I made the decision that we were going to go ahead. um, We were going to keep the company going and we were going to launch sooner than we had planned to launch our beta. And we were going to do it digitally and become a virtual company. And I had to come up with this entire plan from the kitchen table of this Airbnb like wall packing my suitcase and draft a new like manifesto to my team. Um, and I was really scared that everyone was going to quit, actually, that my whole team was going to say, you know, no, that's not going to work. I'm out. Um, and my supporters were going to say, you know, you're crazy. You can't actually fix loneliness for people um, online and, and these, these kind of different concerns that I had. But it really was i think that sense of purpose that that got me to push through and and say you know instead of just saying we're done here and going and looking for a job with a salary um to say, you know, I I feel so strongly about these challenges that people are having. I face them myself. I had at that point worked remotely and worked from home for almost a year myself um, and faced these issues personally of, of not, you know, starting my workday and ending it at the times that I wanted and and missing being around people. And I thought, you know what, I've done the research here, I've done the legwork to where I feel like I could build an in-person solution translating that to a digital solution, I don't know how to do it, but we have to figure it out because other people are relying on us. You know, our members are relying on us to be there for them. And we were in a position to be of service and and to solve this problem for other people, not just, you know, for my own comfort level.
0: Well, I have to imagine throughout that experience you had, there were multiple opportunities to either demonstrate bravery or Uh, be unbrave, right? Mm -hmm. And shut down and just go home. So Mm -hmm. that must have been an incredible ride for everybody involved.
1: Yeah, I was. I felt very fortunate. My whole team stayed on board um, with the pivot. Great. They were excited, and we launched our beta months ahead of schedule. It was oversubscribed. You know, we filled up our whole beta group within um, the same weekend I announced it, basically. And we're about to launch our second beta for our rebuild product, and and try to bring this to a larger audience of people and try to help them. So, I'm glad I made the decision that I made, but I wouldn't have been able to persevere with it I think if it hadn't been for that focus on you know it's not only me who needs this there's a lot of people out there it's a majority of people who are feeling unsupported and lonely
0: and scared well I think you also demonstrated the three words that you had shared with us earlier purpose integrity and perseverance you kept at it
1: well thank you... you so much Ed
0: you're welcome I think you demonstrated it beautifully but uh JJ, thank you so much for your time today, and thank you for that great story and for the words that you think about when you think about bravery. Are there ways that people can get in touch with you if they'd like to hear more about your story or about absolutely. your business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my email, um, it's JJ at I, I encourage anyone who wants to to get in touch with me. I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. But if you'd like to learn more about the Order in Club, you know we're online at Order in Club. Um, it, that's our website that's our instagram and our twitter and uh we are taking applications for our next beta group right now so i would love you know love to hear from anyone who's interested
0: great so for listeners who might be interested go to what was the website again orderin.com
1: orderinclub.com
0: orderinclub.com right and uh check it out so jj thanks again for your time today
1: thank you ed thank you for having me
0: You're welcome. Thanks again for all your stories and your perspectives and for our listeners. Thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.